Well, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Overtime, which is our weekly production where we get to dive a little bit deeper into the weekend's message. Uh, so glad that you're joining us. We do this every pretty much Tuesday at 12. Every pretty much. Yeah, Tuesday. pretty much. I was trying to say every pretty, pretty much, much to the... We do it every pretty much Tuesday. pretty much at 12 o'clock, but it's 12-ish is kind of what we're going for. Every so. pretty much. Every pretty much. So that's what I said, and that's what we're going with, because we're live. Thank you for joining us. If you are watching us live on Facebook, if you're watching this uh, later on, thanks for joining us as well. So you can hear this on anywhere you pretty much get your podcast. So on Spotify, on iTunes. Um, if there's somewhere that you usually go for your podcasts and we're not on there, let us know. We'd be happy to host it there. A lot of places we can do that. So If you go to AOL, we'll, we'll try to set you up over there. With your a CD. AOL is still a real thing. You know that they're still oh. at AOL.com, right? So if you still have all those CDs for your free minutes. Yeah. We'll try to. We used to chuck them in like. The crazy thing is, is this would take up, just this one podcast would take up all your minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is very true. So uh, we're glad you're here. Before we jump into kind of a deeper dive, one, it's really nice. We, we like, we no got microphones, different microphones. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like it's just yeah. us and the camera. It's just so. us and you. Yeah, so uh, before we jump into that, do want to let you know that we are pretty excited that in July we are going to be bringing back our drive-in movies. So our first one is slated to be on July 10th at 9 o'clock. We know that's a little bit late, but we're that's kind of the only time that we can do it with the projectors that we currently have. So we're excited to be bringing that back. We're going to be watching the movie Onward that came out during kind of the COVID pandemic. So we're excited. It's a great movie. We think it's got a good message to it. So we'd love for you to join us with that, we're going to be doing one on the 2nd and on the 4th Friday of the month of July. And as we get into August, we'll kind of make more plans for that. So we'd love to see you there. Be part of that. Again, 9 o'clock on July 10th, we're going to be watching the movie Onward in the church parking lot. We've got a transmitter. So all you got to do is tune your radio to 104.1 and you can sit in your car and air conditioning and really enjoy it. We hope that you and hopefully your entire family can be a part of that. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, as always, we also want to let you know that we are continuing our drive-in services that happen at 10.30 on Sunday mornings. Same kind of deal, except instead of it being on a screen, um, we have live production. So there's live worship, there's a live message, and we'd love to invite you out to, to be a part of that. If you have questions for those things, feel free to contact us. Don't be afraid to reach out to us. You can go to our website, clcfamily.church, and the information's there, especially for our drive-in service. There's a big button at the top. But uh, yeah, would love to see you as we're kind of living into this green phase of the state of Pennsylvania. Would love to try and figure that out. We are working yeah. on kind of more information about when we can potentially do services indoors. So stay tuned for all of that. It's just kind of preliminary plans right now. So we will update you as soon as we can. So yep. That's kind of all the announcements that we have for this week. So do you want to kind of give us a recap of what we talked about as we continued through the Holy Spirit um, sermon series? Yep. So here we are, uh, week six. Seven. It, yeah, 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 just anyway. uh, whatever we are. This is the fourth week outside with the second round of this. First right. round of Holy Spirit was more about the information. Who is the Holy Spirit? You know, third person of the Trinity. Uh, what does the Holy Spirit do? Uh, he... Um, brings about restoration in our lives and our world, right? That's what we've been kind of sorting through. And so we've been looking at kind of the story of that. And then uh, going through the book of Acts uh, yep. specifically, because in the book of Acts, we see the Holy Spirit at play. And so if you're familiar with Pinocchio and Geppetto, we're Pinocchio, the Holy Spirit's Geppetto, right? I mean, that's an analogy that I've never, ever used before. 
probably never going to use again because I'm a real boy, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> That's all I was thinking. Oh, I got no strings. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no. yeah. Maybe the Holy Spirit is both Geppetto and Jiminy Cricket. Oh, man. That's all sorts oh, of man, complicated that's... now. <laughs> anyway, sorry. So, Holy Spirit is really who the Holy, uh, the, the book of Acts is about. Really interesting. The, all the four Gospels, they're about Jesus. Kind of the Old Testament is about the God of the universe planning a plan to, to reconcile us to himself. And so, the book of Acts is just literally capturing the work that the Holy Spirit does in the life of the first century apostles. And the interesting thing about the work that he does is in it's in all sorts of different people, right? They didn't all look the same, didn't all act the same, didn't all think the same, didn't all eat the same foods, all those kind of things. And so when we've been kind of trekking through it, the first, you know, seven chapters that we looked at, they really all had to do with what was going on for the new converts from Judaism to Christianity, right? So there are two different types that we've seen so far, the Hebraic Jews, which are these Orthodox Jews who kind of grew up in Jewish culture, went to Hebrew school. we got the Hellenistic Jews who are also in the mix, and they they went to public school, essentially, you know. So, you know, you got the Hebrew school and the public school kids and kind of a little bit different cultures because one had more of a Greek influx on it. Greek influence was all over the first century, and... So we kind of saw what it looked like for these different types of Jews to come to faith in Jesus. First set were all Hebraic Jews, and then the then the um, uh, Hellenistic Jews kind of pop up and get in the middle of things. And uh, we see how they deal with obstacles with the Holy Spirit and really kind of the qualifier for how they were determining who the leaders were within the church. They all were the uh, people that were full of Holy Spirit and full of faith, full of wisdom, right? So they knew God's word and the Holy Spirit was living into them. Really, really neat stuff. And so we've been kind of following along with those who had the Holy Spirit versus those who didn't. We've seen people die. We've seen people live. We've seen all those things. And we've seen godly people who've actually been stoned to death. So, I mean, right. it's been a, right. it hasn't been like that. Oh, it's so easy. You should love the Holy Spirit. Life gets better for you. It does. And there's lots of joy and lots of peace and lots of hope that comes with it. And I looked last week with Stephen. And while filled with the Holy Spirit and filled with joy and peace, it was in a moment when you and I probably wouldn't think of joy and peace, right? right. And so right. it says that he was, his face was like an angel. Holy Spirit was inside him. He was seeing Jesus and he was, he was literally dying for these right. convictions. And pretty interesting what happens as a result of him dying for these convictions. People go, uh-oh, we're in big trouble because these religious leaders have still have a lot of clout and authority and power, particularly within the, the Roman government. And they can just murder people. Yeah. Like with, right. they had, there's no, um, you know, there's no justice system for that. Right. And so they could just murder people they didn't like, particularly those who were standing in the way of what they wanted. And so we saw Stephen get murdered and... We see a lot of people freak out about it, right? The way I explained it is a lot like a, when you stomp on an ant hill, all the ants go out of the of the hit hill, hill, the hill, hill. That's what he's trying to say. Ant hill. He says heel and hill the same, yeah. but but he ants don't have hill. He heels, so then they, they kind of go out in that, and so that's what kind of happens. All these yeah. new Jew Jewish Christians, both Hellenistic and Hebraic, they kind of take off, right? Yeah. And so uh, we we didn't get to see Acts chapter eight and chapter nine, where what kind of what you're seeing is. These Jews are going out, and uh, one of them is named Philip, and he runs into this uh, uh, Ethiopian. Ethiopian is probably the wrong term, even though they use it, the term. Ethiopia is kind of more Middle Eastern, still Africa, but more Middle Eastern than where it now lands on the map, and runs into this Ethiopian official. The guy is reading Isaiah, and he's like, I don't know what this means. Or Philip goes, how do you not know what this means? As he's running alongside him. And he goes, how am I going to know unless someone tells me, right? Yeah. So he tells him, and you see the word of God start to spread. Now it's going back to the Middle East, North Africa, all those kind of things. And it's because these Jews are kind of, you know, out, out of out of Jerusalem. We yeah. also see, and we're not going. We didn't cover it. Paul, who was Saul at the time, he's also going. 
the Jews are leaving town. We're going to where they are, right? So he, he uh, hops on a road, road to Damascus, and um, has this crazy encounter where he's kind of confronted with Jesus. Yeah. And he says, who are you? Like, and then the Lord says, why are you persecuting me? Right. Just so beautiful. And that what you see happen with Stephen was actually persecution. Yeah. But Jesus actually takes it personal. Like, no, no, you're not just persecuting Stephen. He's mine, so you're persecuting right. me. And so right. he has this declaration, and, and Paul uh, comes to faith, you know, blind and sees. Really, really beautiful imagery and symbolism there of seeing with fresh eyes, right? Yeah. That's what the Holy Spirit does for you, by the way. It helps you see with fresh eyes. helps you see people with fresh eyes. And so if you're filled with hate or vitriol or contempt, be asked the Holy Spirit to give you new eyes, right? So you see Paul be a guy filled with content and vitriol, all that stuff. Who now gets new eyes? Didn't get to cover all that on the weekend. Lots to cover, stuff to think about here. And so where we kind of picked up is in Acts chapter 10, where Peter, who is this, you know, great Jewish Christian, seen as a leader. And probably the reason he's a leader is because he's the one who goes first. Like, he's not like he's the smartest, the most clever. I completely understand. Like, if you're, you and I are standing on a cliff and you're going, I wonder if there's rocks down there. I'll go. I'll let you know, right? That's just part of my personality in this. And so I think really identify with Peter in that. And so Peter, big brash leader, chasing after the next thing kind of thing. And so he has these trippy dreams in Acts chapter 10 yeah. that basically tells him to go uh, connect and go into the home of someone he would have considered a dog. Right. I mean, this, yeah. is the, this is the brokenness of racial stuff that we see throughout the scriptures, I mean, literally throughout the scriptures, throughout throughout human history is this idea that racism, the definition is uh, you believe that one race is superior to the other. Right. Now, Peter would have thought that. No, he's a Christian. He wouldn't have said that out loud in that way. He wouldn't have said that he was more, well, he may have said he's more superior than the Gentiles, but he would have definitely thought his culture was, mm. right? And that's where it gets really gray, I think, for a lot of people now is it's like it, you think you're, uh, family background and uh, the way you're raised or um, how you go about life or what you do with your yard car or whatever is superior to what other people do, right? And so we have at least seen that in this Jewish Christian culture that came in. I mean, they were taught to literally see Gentiles as less than human. Right? Right. We, got, you know, right. we got history of that in our country, less than human, like, I mean, put a number on it, two-thirds human, same yeah. kind of stuff. And so... Cornelius is one of these guys. But what's so interesting is when we find Cornelius in the scriptures, he's described as a God-fearing, godly right. man. So like, this is a guy who wants to know God. Yeah. Like, he's he is positioned to know God. He just doesn't know how to know God right. because yeah. you can't know God without knowing Jesus, right? Yeah. Because you can't know God's heart unless you understand what he did for you. You can't know God without Jesus and the Spirit. So this is a guy who is God-fearing, meaning he his position underneath a creator God. He just doesn't know how to experience that God, respond to God. No, what he's doing is he's taking he's taking care of the poor. We see him do yeah. that. So this is a good man. It's we're all broken, but a guy who fears God and has good motivation most of the time. He just doesn't know Jesus, right? right. And so, I mean, I, I can think of people growing up in my life that are that way. They're much better than I was. They just didn't know Jesus, you know? It's like, oh, man, imagine what life would look like if you knew Jesus because it's so different. Uh, and so Peter's told to go engage with this Gentile. So the first picture we see here is that the gospel's for all people. Yeah. And it's uh, uniting to all people. And this is where I would have loved to kind of said, hey, let's pause for a while. Let's go to Ephesians 4 and look at how God grows people up. So you have this picture where it's the maturity of Christ, right? At some point we'll be mature in Christ. You go, how does that happen? How do we get to be who Jesus is? Well, there's 
kind of this pattern you see in scriptures. He takes a diverse group, both in gifting, calling, culture, and experience, and he puts them together, Yeah. which is what marriage is, right? You take two people, different, the way you get unity is not yeah. all the sameness, it's all the difference. And what it does is there's this turmoil that happens in it. Yeah. And no, you know people have been married 50 years, you're like, there's something different. Yep, what's happened is yeah. they through diversity, there's come unity. So you got diversity in order to have Unity, you have to have diversity. So it says, he gave the church apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. And what happened is they became unified. And as a result of their unity, it actually tells us that they became mature mm. in Christ. And so there is this process of connecting people that are not like us, right? And walking through that. And so God begins this with Peter. But the big problem is Peter's going to obey after a while, after his arrogance, all this stuff. And the other Jews who became Christians, like circumcised Christians, is what they're described in the scriptures. They didn't like it, right? Because they didn't want those people in there. This is brand tribe. new. Right? They didn't want it. They didn't yeah. want. They didn't want these people. They, they didn't want their music, yeah. right? They didn't want their food for sure. Like so, they're like, "How dare you go eat with the uncircumcised pe- people?" And so we're going, "Yeah, that's something we're kind of having to wrestle through. How do we engage people that are not like us?" And what's really kind of at the forefront of why we don't is either our discomfort and going to someplace new, or our fear of what other people will say. And so it's really neat to see Peter wrestle with the discomfort yeah. and uh, wrestle with what people would say. And the, the big story is, I mean, boiled down is going, look, you can be upset with me, but I just did what God told me. Right. right? I right. am not responsible for the discomfort or pain my obedience causes you or yeah. other people. That's the big idea. Yeah. We are not responsible for the pain, discomfort, or awkwardness, our obedience to the Holy Spirit causes other people. That's your mom, that's your dad, that's your kids. You're not responsible for that. Right? Hey, kids, you're not responsible for the pain or awkwardness or discomfort that you create for your parents. Going, God's called me to the mission field. You're not responsible for the rest of that, right? And so kind of walking through, well, how do you know what how to hear God and respond to God and be confident in the Lord is kind of what we're trying to sort through here. Yeah, so. I do want to come back to that in just, just a few moments. Yeah. Like, I do want to remind you that if you're listening um, and you haven't listened to this weekend's message or maybe any of this series, I'd encourage you to do so. Like, a lot of the times what we do, this is kind of message 2.1, if you will, maybe yeah. 2.0. I don't know. Whatever. I don't know how that works. I don't know how that works either. But it's, it's or maybe it's 1.2. We'll go with that. Or 1. I don't know. Whatever. This is kind of the second part of going, hey, let's take it a little bit deeper. That was a good analogy, man. (laughs) It's a terrible analogy because I don't even know the analogy as I was speaking it out. But whatever. So I would just encourage you, you can go to our website, clcfamily.church. There's a media page there. You can watch and listen to pretty much any of the messages, even the review. Like So what we talked about is that on Sundays, if you come to our drive-in service, you won't get the full review. It's like 40 versus 60. Yeah. yeah. You you won't get the full review of what we cover if you watch online. So even that, we encourage you to kind of be a part of it so that you can help engage within that. And so there's a lot going on, creation, fall, redemption, restoration. We'll probably not even get into that here, but that you can mm-hmm. see online. Um, so Stephen's killed, you know, Paul's persecuting. There's this widespread persecution amongst the church, yeah. which is pretty awesome in and of itself is that God uses this persecution. Like what Saul is trying to stop, he actually, God uses him to create more of his gospel spreading. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the gospel spreads, and then you're talking about as you're in the racial kind of divide. I, I guess I want to maybe park on that yep. for a little bit, and we do have somebody that asked a question okay. in that. Um, it, it's not this isn't a message about racism, but what we see is that there's difference, right? Like so, even as we look at Jesus's ministry, I'm thinking of the scripture verse that where 
where a Gentile comes to Jesus and asks for healing, and Jesus says, should I give, take from the table? Uh, and I'm not doing a great job of recalling yeah. it. And it's like, you know, Jesus responds like, should I give like dog food, yeah. The, yeah food from the table to to the dogs and the gentiles response is well even the dogs can eat the crumbs of the table yeah and then jesus heals this need and it's pretty awesome to see um so there was can we yeah, talk, let me talk about, about that real quick that's shift? a really yeah. interesting uh passage by the way and you go well that's really offensive of yeah jesus. it seems offensive. No, no, no imagine this imagine this you got to see the picture and i imagine and this is i'm not thinking even uh, the text would reveal this right but jesus isn't calling that person a dog right right what happens, and this is so messed up, like it happens in churches where, you know, like, uh, you'll say something like, uh, you know, opioid uh, uh, addiction and abuse and overdoses are on the rise. And someone in the crowd will go, amen. It's like, like, are you say, saying so be it? Are you, oh, you're just acknowledging that that's the case. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, there's just some weird things that people have and go, oh, shouldn't have said that quite yet. That's what I'm going, not yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, right. And so... What happens, I can imagine, is these people are sitting there eating and this Gentile comes up and says that. And Jesus literally goes, wait, scraps, dog, right? You yeah. know, and, and I can, you can see these disciples going, yeah, that's right, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Like this head nod of, see, this is our boy. He knows too. <laughs> we are the special people. We are the chosen ones, right? Like this yeah. belief. I mean, literally, when you use the word chosen people, you know, there's some arrogance that comes in that when you don't see the picture of who God is. So you can imagine like just the, the kind of the humiliation they feel. So yeah, right. it's not actually the Gentile gets humiliated. It's the right. people observing who are going, yeah, Jesus, like egging him on on that because he's calling out what they're thinking. Right. And then all of a sudden he goes, yeah, yeah, your faith healed you. Yeah. Right. And like, oh, oh, shoot. You know, like, <laughs> like just wait, joking. No, no, that? I was nodding that person behind you. It wasn't you I was nodding at. I was, I was waving. I was waving. Hey, there's mom over there. Say like yeah, that kind of right. thing. And so this moment, which seems so, I mean, Jesus is just like confronting yes, yeah. this, religious bigotry and so well it's not a message on racism the gospel sure does point it out yeah. in our lives so, but anyway so so i don't want to point to that yeah. passage because it's so yeah it's an interesting, interesting. passage yeah. when you're looking at it and so but i even say that to like just understand the the cultural shift that is happening here right yeah. like because the jesus came and all of his ministry was for the jews yeah and now all of a sudden as peter gets this vision and this realization, he's going, oh, no, no, Jesus, we, we don't do that. Yeah. And it's as you read Acts, like if you read it in order, the stoning of Stephen, and then you see Paul's conversion. Um, and then you see like Peter hearing this message. It's we can almost piece it together because most of us are Gentiles, right? Yeah. Like I'm a Gentile. Well, I would be considered a Gentile. Like, so I know. I think I was, was a going. Caribbean Jew. So yeah. Okay. For what it's worth. Were you really? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Long story short, I'll share it with you guys too, since it, uh, since we have plenty of time on this thing. Yeah. So, like, we, my we great great short. great grandfather's name was Moses or Aaron. You know those kind of things. It was a no, it was Aaron. Name. It was Aaron. No, it was a Jewish name. Okay. He was a rabbi. He has a son named Moses okay. who becomes a Southern Baptist minister. So you got this Aaron and Reverend Moses like in, up in my pedigree somewhere back okay. in the distance. So anyway, I think that's interesting. I, I found it on findagrave.com or something like that, but. I might be making it up too. He could be making it up. I don't yeah, think yeah. so. Go ahead. I think I'm talking about. So, but just the cultural shift that's happening. And so I, I don't know if you want to talk about any 
Like, so bring that into today as we, uh, racism is taking center stage for many of us right now in this season that we're in. And I shouldn't even just say season, like yeah. just as we look at the history of America and what has happened mm. right now, it's really, it's center stage and rightly so. It probably should have been center stage long before this. Um, so I don't know if there's anything that you want to, again, because you said it's not a message about racism, but yet there's still an element of it there of we're the chosen elect and you are not. And then, so how would you maybe talk up through that in comparison yeah, to Yeah, and I today? think even the question, are you talking about the one where it was even going, hey, a couple, you know, a month ago, going, hey, and four weeks ago, challenge people to sit and listen. Yes. Right? And, hey, right. there's two different pieces. There's a sit and listen. At some point, there'll be a time to talk, yeah. right? So we talked about that in, in sermon here, not outside, didn't make time. But at some point, and we talked about last week here, this idea of permission marketing, right? Yeah, this, right. The time to talk is when you've given permission to talk. So even right. with Stephen, it was, what do you say to this? Oh, no. Yeah. You know, now I'm going to tell you what, I, what what I've experienced and seen. So you got that piece there. And so some of the question is, okay, we're supposed to listen. Yep, great. At some point, there's a time to talk. When do we know it's a time to talk? Well, because you've been invited to the conversation, right? Yeah, right. So never makes sense to walk into a room. Like, I, I'm working with my kids on this, right? Julie and I will be in a little conversation, and one of our kiddos will come in, and they open the door talking. Yeah. Right. Like, hey, 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 couldn't you wait a second just to see what's going on in there? Yeah. Right? Like, couldn't we, like, hey, and we walk in, pause, figure out what's going on, then wait a moment to ask a question, right? right. And so I feel like a lot of us have just walked in the room talking, yeah. right? And so yeah. it makes sense that when we start talking is when we're invited to the conversation. Right. We don't just go input ourselves in the conversation because it doesn't have a, a good effect. Like, it's right. not like, a you know, counselors... Don't tell people how to what to do and change in their behavior, not because they don't want behavior to change, right. but because they're wise and prudent. And there's lots of experience and education and data to show that people only change when they're ready to change, right? Yeah. Like there's no amount of I'm never convincing anyone of anything. So yes, there does there is a moment where we start sharing, but it's because we built the rapport yeah. uh, for uh, being invited to the conversation. And so part of it is okay, who do we need to be listening to? Yeah. The answer to that is everyone. Yeah. Whoever God puts in front of you, like, I'm not, and again, this isn't, hey, go find the national voices, go find the right Twitter feeds, go find some books. Yeah. You know, maybe there's some help there, but the real help is when people who feel like you've dehumanized them, even if you haven't, yeah. right? Even if they feel dehumanized by, you know, a, a sect of people, group of people, we are. To help uh, change that experience, that narrative is really yeah. helpful. And so, to me, the, the answer is we should always be listening, yeah. right? We should always be listening. Particularly yeah. to people who see different than us, experience different than us. What you're going to see this week in Acts chapter 15, 16, and 17. Paul is listening so well, right? So first of all, he has some great moments in the Holy Spirit, the whole apostles do. But he's listening so well to this culture that's different than his. That he's able to actually point out what in their culture that they're looking for. Right. And says, hey, I know about your culture. That's I know right. about this thing you're looking for. Let me tell you about where that's found, to the unknown God, right? But how does Paul know that? Because he listened and paid yeah. attention and right. read. And so... I mean, I, I think there's some movies you can probably watch to kind of, uh, if you don't have empathy, I think. Yeah. I think there's some real value in that to learn to empathize from different people's experiences. But if you have empathy, which is the goal here, then I think ultimately it's just how do we start engaging with people with, who are different than us, yeah. both in our culture. I think that's a big part of this. I think it's a bigger part than we ever talk about. It's not just color of skin. It's culture of colors of skin that makes it so complicated and where we 
it creates yeah. so much judgment, right? So how do we start having those conversations? And by conversation, I mean listening until we're invited into the conversation. Yeah. And go, yeah, I, didn't, I don't really understand that. Hey, let me talk to you about that or whatever yeah. those things are. So I think that's the big the piece that does go to. Yeah, I'm staring at my phone because the question that was asked. Oh, because you don't want to listen. No, because the question that was asked, you just answered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like just by listening, the answer is to everyone. And so the question that was asked was, uh, it just says, I think Josh said we're finishing up the Holy Spirit sermon series. I feel week, yeah. like I'm only beginning to understand the purpose of this power, power indwelling us. I feel moved but directionless and would like some specifics on how to be involved in racial rec- uh, reconciliation. When Josh said we need to listen, can you give some voices that you would like us to listen to? And then even ask, can you connect us or bring some people um, to help us grow in that, specifically mentioning Lincoln University, yeah. which we w- are trying to partner with and build bridges with into Lincoln University. So uh, I guess, I feel like you've just answered that, but anything yeah. more that you want to Yeah, let me say some question? more to that. Yeah, there'll be some conversations with Lincoln at some point, but here's where I want to, this is an unfair answer, and I'm really sorry for this. I really am, because it's going to seem hyper-spiritual, and it's not. It's actually coming from a place of deep brokenness in me, like, so when I see the brokenness in our world, the complications in it, wanting our church to be discipled, um, I want to go fix that, right? So I want to go, okay, let's get yeah. the panel, let's get them up, let's talk, let's listen, yeah. that kind of stuff. And um, what I feel like I have messed up in the past is I have gotten ahead of the Holy Spirit on mm-hmm. trying to just put those pieces together. Yeah. So where this is uncomfortable, and this is kind of what I want to point out in, in, in Peter's story, this wasn't a church initiative, right? Yeah. Like it wasn't. In fact, it was an anti-church initiative. Right. The church had no interest in this initiative. If it would have been taken to the board, they would have voted it down. <laughs> right. Right. They would have. Right. And they just really would have because they're going, oh, that's not our people. That's not what we do. Yeah. So this wasn't a, you know, a collective mind in a room coming up with the best strategy for racial reconciliation. Right. It's just not. Right. And so, and it's not because even, I'm. Can we, this might be a stretch, yeah. but we can even see that with Stephen. Like they selected Stephen so that they wouldn't be taken away from the preaching of the gospel yeah so Stephen is now in the middle of it didn't go well for him but you know there so you got these things that you got to work through in that and so we're it's not because I'm lazy right it's not because our staff's lazy like I would actually like to just put together a plan and run the play you know and in some ways we're trying to figure that out with COVID and all that kind of stuff going okay God what do you want to do next but one of the things that these passages in the book of Acts kind of bring up is it always is receptivity openness to the Holy Spirit, indwelling in with the Holy Spirit that then transforms a mind and a perspective into our yeah. world that then calls people into that world, right? right? And it's all um, what feels like happenstance, but isn't happenstance. And it's like daily they were getting up and the Holy Spirit was putting people in front of them. So where I would start with this is going, how about waking up every morning going, Holy Spirit, Yeah. Who can I engage with? Right. Like even if I know right. it sounds stupid, but even on Facebook, okay, I'm gonna right. log in and see if there's someone that I can build a friendship with right. in this. If let's let's see some redemptive potential in Facebook that we haven't yeah. had. You know, yeah, let's yeah, yeah. if hop on Twitter and see some conversation and go, Hey, I'd like to learn more about what you're saying here. Yeah. Like let's just ask Holy Spirit to come do those things. And if you don't believe in this stuff, I would just very candidly go, this is the wrong church for you then mm-hmm. because this is just where we are. Like, yeah. we're not going to be clever. We're not going to be the smartest, the, yeah. you know, the first to ship the product, the, for, you know, first to market. Maybe some of those things will happen, but where I'd like for us to be is I'd like for us to go, we cannot manufacture that yeah. because that's a move of the spirit. And so, 
yes, there's some voices. I just don't know who they are. You know, I know yeah. who, yeah. I know like Reverend Faison's a voice for me because he's a friend of mine. Right. You know, like the problem even with offering voices is they're like vetted voices right. that typically agree with your ideology. And so yeah. even what we see now on both sides, by the way, we see, but particularly um, in the African-American community, some real frustration that the Caucasian community has kind of held up one or two people right. in the, from the African-American community who can who they think should speak on behalf of all African-Americans. Right. And that another one go that, well, that person doesn't speak for me. Right. And so I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying what we're seeing here is it's just not real receptive in yeah. any of this. And, yeah. and again, we got to ask the question, do we want to make a point or do we want to make a difference? Right. No more gotcha statements. Let's make a difference. And so that just means let's just be good friends with those around us and yeah. let's ask the Lord to bring those people into our life and allow the Holy Spirit to allow us to kind of interpret what they're saying with empathy and, yeah. and compassion. And then when they invite us back to the other side of it, right, then yeah. let's let's actually share with love and compassion and grace and truth who Jesus is and his yeah. plans for all this, right? Yeah. So that, that would be why I think Jesus is the solution to it. And again, this isn't, it seems so hyper-spiritual, but it's just that we've tried everything else. Yeah. So this is... This is actually more of a trial and error where all the things just kept airing. So let, what if this is true? What if this is actually how yeah. unity happened in the body? Yeah. You know, and so the, the spirit is the one who. Um, so, yes, if you're going, if you're asking the question, hey, I got this indwelling in me. I just feel this desire. Holy Spirit is there. Yeah. So let's ask the Holy Spirit to reveal specifically to you what your next step in this is. And. You yeah. can do it. Holy Spirit will empower you, and we can help. Yeah. That's kind of the picture of it. And that was, yeah. that was what you said over the weekend. You said, I want to read okay. it. You said, the goal is that the Holy Spirit would invade your life and use you to restore this broken, messy world yeah. that we live in. Yeah. Right? Like So that is the goal. And But I can relate with this question because uh, I feel like I want so desperately, like, God, just tell me what to do. Like, I'm so eager. Like, just tell me, just tell me, just tell me. Yeah. And I don't think that that's a bad place to be at. Like, to be eager to do what God would call you to do. Um, but just where it gets dangerous is if you try and fabricate that. And I don't think that the person asking the no, question is trying not. to fabricate yeah. that. Like, I think that this is a, an excited eagerness to live into the reality. A new frontier we're in. Yeah, that God is, God is doing something and wants to be a part of that. Yeah. And I think that that's always the tension that we live in. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like that's the tension that I live in as the outreach pastor. Like, yeah. that's, that's where I'm at. Do I go and make things happen or do I kind of sit back and allow the Holy Spirit to move and work? Yeah. And honestly, I, I feel like I, do both of that. Yeah. <laughs> like sometimes I do my own thing and I'm like, oh, that didn't quite go as well as, wow, Jesus showed up. He moved. His spirit was present and yeah. they love us. That's, that's really good. So let me talk about that, that yeah. living in both worlds, because I do think that's important because it doesn't mean you sit on your butt and do nothing. Right. 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 So some of that I go, what's the last thing Jesus told you to do? Yeah. Well, I haven't heard anything. Well, then maybe you should get in his word. But here's what I will tell you, that the tension um, kind of rests. It's a, I mean, you're, it's a, it's a tightrope. You're pulling both sides. On one side, it's Holy Spirit is leading, dragging, guiding. But the other side that for me is is about stewardship. Yeah. So if the two questions I think are good to ask every day are, and I'm not good, I'm telling you this right now because I think these are good questions. It's not like I have application in my life to go, these are the questions I ask. Yeah, right. Here's what I think would be good questions, okay? The first one is, Holy Spirit, could you lead me in the direction you want me to go, yeah. right? And second question is, God, would you help me understand and would you help me use everything you've given me today in a way that 
helps people understand your gospel. Right. So right. that piece of outreach is the stewardship. Right. If God's given us a stage, if he's given us, you know, right. you know, uh, a big yellow mug, if God's given us 60 acres, the question is on that end is, like, I guess until God tells me to do something, he just wants us to do nothing. Right. I think there is this idea of the stewardship that when Jesus goes away and he empowers his, the managers, right? When you see that in the parable of the talents, that he expects that they take those things and yeah. try to be good stewards of them. So I think that's the piece of going, okay, yep, yep, let's see what the Holy Spirit takes you. But it probably has something to do with the resources you already have. Yeah. So that's do an inventory of the resources. Let's figure out how those can engage. Even that's just a computer and Facebook, right? That's yeah, a, right. a resource. Even that's a friend's list. That's a resource. Even that's a neighbor. Yeah. That's a resource. So let's be good stewards of those resources in a way that allows me. Like that's why uh, I would... I'd consider Reverend Faison a friend, but right. he's he's in my circle of stewardship now, right? right? right. So that's why I go, that is a place to go for me. I don't know if it's a place to go for everyone, but that's definitely right. a place to go for him because he's a friend, right? right? And so I think that's the tension of, yep, Holy Spirit, lead us, but also help us discern today how to use the things you've given us. Yeah. This eight hours, this amount of money, this air conditioning, whatever that yeah. is, right? Our lack of air conditioning. <laughs> it's like a sauna in yeah. here. Anyway, uh, Sorry. yeah, no, I think yeah. that that's so so good because uh, there's an eagerness, there's a desire, but there's a tension, yeah. um, and God is always moving in it and at work. Um, I want to kind of drill down on what you had already spoken about because at first, like first hearing this, this sounds like it could be incredibly rude, maybe even dangerous. You said that we are not responsible for the pain or obedience to God brings. Can you explain that? Like, yeah, let's so, tease this yeah, out. Let me a talk bit. about that. Like, yeah. So uh, we are not. No. So, uh, decade ago, no. yeah, decade ago, I think we're uh, nine years. Julie's pregnant with Amelia. I'm leading a church, right? So we have a three-year-old leading a church, and a guy on a our three, staff. Three, you said a three-year-old three and. A, a, Okay, you, okay, I understand. I thought you were saying you were three. Briggs is three, Amelia uh, is in utero, and um, the executive person on our staff embezzled $50,000. And this is a new church plant. And um, what it kind of required me to do was go get a second job. I mean, actually, we weren't even pregnant with Amelia yet. So go and get a second job and, like, all the anxiety and stuff that goes to it. And I remember, like, having a talk with one of my mentors about that and going, I just feel like such a failure. I feel Mm -hmm. like. My wife is working. I'm working. I, I, I don't know that she can even count on me. And it's like I'm wrestling with through, through all those things. I got a three-year-old. And I remember him telling me something like this. It was, Josh, you, your number one responsibility is not to provide for your family. Which I'm going, no, 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 no. Yeah, like that's, right. that, that, that I'm a man. Yeah, that's what, I, yeah. that's what we're trained to do, yeah. right? Your number responsi- one responsibility is to model faith mm. for your family. Right? In other words, like God is bigger than circumstance. God is actually the one who mm. provides, not me. And... So, um, what I mean by that is, our, our, even if you see the, the story of Joshua, right? Joshua and Jericho. It is a dumb plan. Right? You know, <laughs> we know that's a dumb plan. They march yeah. on walls. We talk about it all the time. And so, but it wasn't about clever strategy. Right. It was about obedience. Right. So, what I believe wholeheartedly is true in all this is that our number one responsibility is to be obedient to the Lord. Yeah. Right? But the reality is, us being obedient to the Lord does cause discomfort in right. our families and in our circles, yeah, right. I mean, it just it just does. And so, the thing is, is that we tend to think about the other things first. Okay, yeah. how do I please that person? How do I not upset that person? How do I do those things? Not that I think you should walk in every room to upset them, right? Right. But there is this responsibility of going. My job is to hear from God and do what He says. Right. Your job is to hear from God and do what He says. Right. And it is possible. 
it is possible that hearing from God and doing what he says will create some discomfort for, yeah. for the people around you. But that can't be the reason you don't do the things, right? right? I mean, right. frankly, the reason we're in Montana and now the reason we're in Pennsylvania was because we heard from God. Yeah. Was everybody thrilled by that? Absolutely not. Was right. it great for our family when you moved out to Montana? Nope. It was a little better for us to move to Pennsylvania, maybe. But we had lots of community and circles out there of people that we invested in. We lived in right. the inner city of Billings, and we had a great community there that we were doing good work. Us leaving actually created some pain and yeah. sorrow. But it can't be about that pain and sorrow. It has to be about the obedience to the Lord. And so that's there's just ramifications for obedience. And yeah. for those that don't walk with them, don't. And even for those who do, there's just... There's sometimes pain that comes with that, yeah. but we're just not responsible for that. We're not. Re- we can't be responsible for what the Lord is telling us to do. He's responsible for that, so let's yeah. not be responsible for it. So mm-hmm. I think that as as you hear it, like to take it to an extreme, you yeah. could you could, you know, what what you're saying is that it's not giving permission to go. Hey, just hurt whoever to do yeah. whatever you need to do yeah, for not, what yeah. God's calling. Yeah. That's taking it to an extreme level. But it, being obedient can cause hurt. Like. Yeah. I mean, even when you look at the teachings of Jesus said, he didn't have, you know, birds have nests and foxes have dens, but even the son of man has no place to lay his head. Like, and to give up family, like these are pretty fanatic statements that Jesus is making. And so the reality is that if you are living your life in a way that would please and honor God, there will be things that you are called to that will create tension in other people. Definitely discomfort. Definitely discomfort. So in that sense, what you're saying is, hey, we're not responsible for that. It's not a callous, like, I don't care. I don't need you. Like, it's it's not a rude, not not permission to be mean, but understanding hey, this is what I'm called to. It's like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Like when they were standing before Nebuchadnezzar, they're going, hey, our God can save us. But even if he doesn't, yeah. we can't bow before you. Yeah, we're not going to do that. Yeah. It's like, sorry that that hurts your ego. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, buddy. But, yeah. Uh, so as we kind of get into 10 and 11, um, 10 is where Peter has this vision. He goes yeah. to Cornelius's house. And talks about Simon the Tanner. Yeah. Doesn't talk about Simon the Tanner in <laughs> chapter 11. Then so. chapter 11, he's explaining it to um, to his people, right? Like So this is, this is a brand new reality living into, okay, Gentiles can now apparently come to faith in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. That reality is brand new, but he's now giving account to his people. Like, He's got to explain to the Jews why yeah, he did what verse, he did. Verse 2. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, so when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers, believers criticized him, saying, you went into the house of the uncircumcised men and ate with them. Like, yeah. So he's going, let me tell you, I guess i got to tell you why. Like, okay, he gets called <laughs> before the board, you know, yeah. that kind of thing, yeah. So my question in, in chapter 11, as he's retelling the story, uh, Peter makes it a point, I think it's in verse 8, that he says, uh, like, well, God tells me to do this, and I too was against it. And I replied, surely not, Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. Yeah. So he's acting godly as he tells God no, right? Like yeah. that was kind of the point that you made. Huh. Well, I wanted to ask this question: What does that look like for us? Like, for us, it might not be the same. This is. Uh, maybe a challenging question, and I think that we might be able to answer that question better than you can. But I yeah. don't know. Is there any examples? Here's that some. You have here's for us? some. Yeah, they mostly I would say, as I think about it right now, right? Yeah. Uh, relate to family, yeah. right? So because family is a is a cute idol. Yeah. You know, because families are so broken, you can go, oh God, 
mean, God could call us to the mission field. We can go, God, yeah. we'd go, but our kid's a junior in high school. Right. You know, like <laughs> right. our kid's a senior in high school. God, we could go, but, you know, yeah. you know, it's more of those things. It's like, it's like high, you know, but I coach this basketball team. And I got yeah. I could do that, but I, you know, like what we do is we take these other things that we think are, um, you know, priorities or yeah, legalistic yeah. you know priorities that people would esteem at high value and we esteem at high value yeah god we could go but i i gotta pay off my debt first and i wouldn't yeah. be able to pay off all my debt you know like all those kind of different things yeah you shouldn't be in debt you should pay it off those things but this idea that we would tell god no to a command or even like yeah hey god we could go to montana but my parents are getting old and right. none of my siblings are going to take care i'm not going to watch but let's be honest none of you are going to watch my are my parents, right? You're not watching Joe and Mickey. You're not going to do it, right? That, that's on me, right? Yeah, so you got yeah. those kind of things, right? Like even now, kind of the wrestling at some point has been, hey, my dad was sick for a while. Yeah. Maybe we should move down there. Well, God didn't tell me to yet, you know, and hasn't, haven't heard that, so it's weird to even think yeah. of those things. So those are the kind of godly things that we think in terms of motivation yeah. that are just not from, that we haven't heard from God. So he's going, God, I would never eat this because I'm so godly. Yeah. yeah so right. I think those are maybe some so, examples. So then how do we make sure that we don't, you know, <laughs> we don't do that? How do we avoid, you know, telling God no because, well, that's just, we, we're trying to be godly, but we're even saying no to God in what he's telling us to do. Yeah. And so this is where, you know, we go through that. I don't know if we'll get to it, and it's okay if we don't want to do it. I don't have an expectation of where we go here. There's kind of four little checkpoints yeah, there. Yeah, I do want to get to that. But I do think the kind of the, the biggest of the big ideas, this is kind of like a message of little ideas and a big idea, right? Like there was a good bit they worked through. Um, so it was a, lot, a little bit less linear than usual because there's just a lot of things to point out in these things. Yeah. But at the very end, you know, well, here's what it says. It says, um, uh, when he says in verse 17, so if God gave them the same gift he gave us, who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think that I could stand in the way of God? Yeah. So there is finally this, 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 this place where he comes to like a, a place of awareness and intuition of going, wait, who am yeah. I? Like, so this requires on one end, there's two, two answers. This. The first one is it requires some actual awareness of your own motivation, mm. which I'm, by that I mean an awareness of your own heart. Yeah. Right? This is really a message of your heart is, wicked and dirty and deceitful and the only thing that changes is God gives us a new heart so we have to be aware of our of our humanity as it's colliding with God's divinity and what yeah. happens in that collision is I lean into my humanity hmm. and if I am honest enough with myself I can be I can go that's about me that's about my comfort that's yeah. about like we even talked about in Stephanie today that's about me being inconvenient. So right, it does require right. some pause and some courage yeah. to say, God, search my heart and tell me what's true. So get that piece. So that would be probably the first one. Is going, That's where the hard work has to be done is answer this question, why do you do what you do? Right. You know? Uh, so that's a really important question of going, why do I want to do that? Or why wouldn't I do that? Like really pausing in there because we are, we are surface levels human beings who are superficial, who have spent our entire life convincing others and ourselves why we behave the way that we do, right? right? So to do a little bit more work on that. So you got that piece. Now, the other side is, well, well what if I don't know what God wants, right? That's the, the piece. Well, I'm not even sure, so I'll just do what I want because I know what God wants, and that, that gets a little bit more complicated. But that's why I think the very end, like the biggest of the big ideas, right, of, of this entire message is, well, we have to stand on truth, mm -hmm. right? Like there's actually truth. Like this is a, truth is mm -hmm. a real thing. This is so amazing to me because it seems so... Um, 
hard to find and yeah. hard to grasp. That seems kind of slimy and slick. And like even when you argue with your spouse, it's like, what's true? Oh, what's true? What's that? You know, like all of it just is so you can't quite grasp it. And yeah. the reason being is we have made truth an idea mm. or a philosophy. And when I read the scriptures, that is not at all what it is. Like in the beginning was the word, which was the truth, the logos, right? And the word was God and it dwelt and it didn't make it dwelling among us and so when jesus kind of caps that off in john chapter 14 he's going i am the way the truth and the life yeah. so you're going well i don't know how to serve i don't know what to do i don't know how to find purpose i don't know what truth is well shame on us then because it's actually found in the person and work of jesus yeah all the more reason that we're going to just do a deep dive into the gospel of luke yeah. like, how do we know every single this luke did an eyewitness account so that we could investigate everything about jesus so the key there is how do we guard against it? Fall in love with Jesus, know his motivation in his heart, and then mimic the things that he does for the reasons that he does them. Yeah. Not that he does, but for the reasons that he does them. Yeah. So when our heart breaks for what breaks his, when we care for people with compassion. And so you see, and when I was doing ordination stuff with Missionary Church, so 10 years ago after planning a church, eight years ago, I got, and got involved in the actual process of the ordination, right? Okay. And so I would do it with my mentor, and we'd do people, and he always would go, I don't even remember where it is. Maybe into Matthew 7, Matthew 11. Matthew 11 sounds right, but I don't know. He would read this passage, and it, it's the passage where it says that Jesus looked out on the crowd, and he um, was sad because they were like a sheep without a shepherd. And he said, Josh, you got to look for that in pastors. Mm. you got to look for someone who has that kind of care that goes, oh, these are like sheep without a shepherd. Mm. Right? There's just something about caring. So when you look at Jesus, he wept when Lazarus died. Like He yeah. had this deep, feeling towards the emotions and the pain that people lived in. And so we got to care for people like Jesus did for the same reasons that Jesus did. So again, the big idea there is you've got to know who Jesus is because yeah. he is the truth because truth is a person. So, yeah. and so you summarized it, I feel yeah. like, as the goal of life is to hear from God and to do what he says. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And I think that there's very practical steps yeah. that I do want to yeah. get into. Um, one of the things that you dived into over the weekend, as you said, that I dived and I dove. You dove in. I don't, I don't know which one it is. I was reading as I was actually speaking. So, you know, kind of you, you asked us, do we believe that the Holy Spirit goes still goes before us and actually encounters people? And I thought when you were going to say, hey, at first glance, this is really offensive. I thought you were going to ask that question, not no. the one about you know, we're not responsible for the pain. Or no, do we believe that? I so think I that's think. the offensive question mm. in this. Okay. Actually, not the question. I believe that's the offensive statement is that mm. most of us do not believe that. Yeah. We don't believe it. Like we don't, like we just don't believe it. I don't yeah. always believe it and shame on us. Like that is the... We are all in big trouble yeah. in all this. This is all fake news. All this is of no value if this Holy Spirit isn't real. Yeah. Because the, the Spirit was living and active from the very beginning, right? The Spirit is what dwelled on yeah. God's people. The Spirit is what landed on Jesus when he said, This is my Father with whom I'm well pleased. And the doves coming out. It's the Spirit. It's always a Spirit, right? It's always a Spirit. And so if we don't actually believe this truth, then our Bible is a lie. Yeah. And so therefore... Uh, we're just kind of stuck in this weird spot of going, okay, it is true. Okay, I'm, I'm going to make it true. But then we have this hang up of experiential things that make us think that it's not true, right? And so I think that's the, the struggle with this is we have lived in a world that hasn't looked for, sought, or given credence or credit to this spirit. Yeah. And the people that sometimes do give credit for things that don't really seem like it was the spirit. It seems like the spirit wanted, you know, me to 
change my behavior to make you feel better, right? Like even those things yeah. that like we, in many ways people have leveraged this. The God, the Spirit of the Living God told me this. They're like, oh, I feel really uncomfortable with right, that. Right. To the point where we've overcorrected and go, let's just do what we can contain and manage. Mm. I mean, our church has a history with this in terms of believing in the 1700s that that the move that was going on with George Whitfield, like these yeah, big right. revivals, they were emotionally driven and they were not really active in the spirit of the living God. Yeah. And like we literally, old side, new side, our church clamped down on the old side and goes, that's not of God, right? And so we have to, we, our church has to repent of these things and go, the spirit of the living God is what convicts, the spirit of the living God is what empowers, and the spirit of the living God is what leads. Yeah. And I am suspicious that we don't believe it because I don't know that our lives reflect that. Yeah. I, and by that, I mean, one more thought there. We don't even pause to listen to the Spirit, yeah. you know? So it's not even like, well, we can't make dead people live. But I just go, how often do you actually just pause and ask the Spirit to guide, lead, you know, yeah. provide coverage or any of those things? I feel like as you you said that, my mind went to, no, I, I do believe that the Holy Spirit does that. And then I thought, but I don't know if my life always reflects that belief. Yeah. So then it came full circle of going, well, then do I believe it? Yeah. And it's like, oh, uh, just con- conviction in that moment of going, well, I do believe it when I think about it and when I pause and I stop, but do, yeah. I don't live that, so therefore, do I believe it? Yeah, and this isn't a shame thing, yeah. right? This isn't right. so shame because you do it because we're all struggling with this. Yeah. It's more of a posture thing of going, what would it look like to uh, arrange our days? Like, that's why I love where it says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added to you. Yeah. That's what he says in Matthew 6, Jesus does. But the idea of, like, hinging your life on that, right? So what does it look like to invite the spirit to lead us. Yeah. But now here's the thing I tell you is, and that's why I think these things are really important is the way by which the spirit leads us is through his word. Yeah. So this yeah. isn't just gut intuition. It's they yeah. received his word, right? You know, like they, his word spread. Right. So it's about Jesus and his word. Like, so whichever way you want to use that language, it's God's written word, word as in logos that yeah. John declared it. It's about Jesus and his word not this gut intuition we have. Yeah, so. and that leads us into the yeah. four prescriptive yep. right. steps that you talked about. Mm-hmm. And the first was that they received his word, have, uh, and I'll just read all yeah. four of the steps yeah. and then we'll dive deeper into those. Uh, they received his word, have you sought his word? Uh, the second was was that they submitted to his spirit, have you submitted to his spirit? They, the third one, they believed in Jesus, have you believed in Jesus? And four, they repented and received grace, have you repented and received forgiveness? Yeah, so I think that's important because... Where things can go haywire in this is without God's word. Yeah. Right? This, well, I got a word from the Lord. Let me show you my word from the Lord. And I'm not saying none of that's true. I'm just saying we have the words of the Lord. Yeah. So it makes sense that we would go after them. And so if we're trying to live a life for the Holy Spirit, one of the things I would maybe go back and add even to the question earlier, who do I listen to? It's like, well, Holy Spirit will tell you that. Yeah. But what it looked like to either start or end your day Inviting the Holy Spirit into your life and leading, but then also inviting Him to speak through His Word, which means yeah. we got to open it. Yeah, we, time. not just you, we. I got to open it. I yeah. got to go there, and I think that's why I'm suspicious that we don't really believe it because that isn't prioritizing. I'm just, I just believe that yeah. if we could really get a taste of this, like just the real Spirit activity. That it'd be something that we would crave more often, right? So, yeah. so I think that's the piece of it. Sure. I don't want to can't not that God's word God's word is not the triune God. 
right? It all, like I swear, I usually tell people, like, it's like when I point to uh, Max when I give him some steak, and but I toss it too far away, and I'm going, go eat the steak, go eat the steak. <laughs> he doesn't go to the steak. He goes to my finger, right? Right, right. And it's like, sometimes I think we get we can get lost. Going, Max is his dog. Max for is my dog. That yeah, doesn't have a kid. Not a Max. child. I wanted to name my kid Max, but my wife said no, because she said it sounded like a dog's name. So, I don't know if yeah, she did say that, but I'm sorry if you have a kid who has a dog's name. Sorry, Julie. Um, but so we named her dog that, Max. But like when you point, it comes to the finger, right? And it's like, Sometimes I am concerned when I talk about this that we would hold up God's word, like the homeless newspaper because it has God's word on it, um, as the thing that we're going towards, as opposed right. to looking at this as the thing that points to Him. Right. right. This is the finger of yeah. yeah. This is the finger pointing to this triune God. Right. So I think it's, I think you, know, you used yeah. the example before of it, it's the menu that gets us. Yeah. To you don't what we're eat wanting. the menu. Yeah. You eat that. Food that's good right. to me. Yeah, that's good. Right. I mean, that's a good analogy. I'm I think sure that you use that. I'm sure I have, but I'm sure it's not mine. It's someone else's smarter. Oh, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, kind of getting close on time, yeah. was there anything more in the four prescriptive steps that you wanted to kind of dive into or yeah, talk about? Yeah, and so I think that, well, I, I just think they make they all make sense to me uh, to do this in almost an order. Open his word, invite his spirit into it, read the scriptures and understand who Jesus is, yeah. right? And like, Find great joy in that. Like, yeah. you know, when uh, David says in his great story of repentance and his great passage of repentance, uh, Psalm 55, right? Is that right? 51. 51 uh, yeah. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation. And then I'll teach transgressors your ways. Really right. neat. But right. not that second part comes after the first part, which is find the joy in who Jesus is and who right. he says you are. See him standing at the right hand looking at you and going, it's okay. Look here, don't look there, look at me, kind of thing. So know Jesus, believe him. And that's, I mean, that's the passage he tells us. Believe in God, believe also in me. And so I think that's good. And something that's pretty interesting is that if you get to three, four gets really easy. Yeah. So four is more of like a, a product of those first three. You know, if you received his word, submitted to his spirit in the prompting of his word, understood who Jesus is. And if you have, like, the repentance kind of comes out of the overflow of that. Yeah, like, right. oh, my goodness, God, I am so far. Like, even right now, I'm going, oh, my gosh, I'm so far from where I should be. But you are so gracious to me, and I receive that. And, border, I want to live a life that brings you um, glory, right? Yeah. And so I think that's the piece of you can't look at the litmus and go, is this fourth thing kind of overflowing out of it? Is repentance and yeah. forgiveness into my life, grace in my life, grace to others a part of this? It should be if those first things are happening. And that's yeah. why it's going, hey, 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 that's made seem like a lot. You're not there yet, not near that. Can we just like distill this down to just the big point, which is yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Jesus. And I feel like that was, the, yeah. you ended yeah. with that. You yeah. know, truth is Jesus, right? Yeah. Like, so... The solution to criticism is to seek truth, and that truth is Jesus. So what you're saying is to seek Jesus, read his word, to do what he says. Yeah, and so while this wasn't really a message on criticism, I do think power of life and death is in the tongue. What it does do, I think we've talked about this at some point. Criticism, the way that criticism comes at us, actually we can view differently now. Like, so we don't go, I'm less valuable. But, right. I mean, I'm not good at this either, but like, well, I gotta, I got to explain myself, or i got to convince them of such a thing. It is... That criticism now comes to us, and we now have this filter to put between us and the criticism. Yeah. Like, no, 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 is that what Jesus says about me? No, that's not what Jesus says about me. Right, like, right. No, 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 that's not truth. That's not truth. Even if it is, even if they are correct in my motivation, that's not true. That's not how Jesus sees me, right? Yeah. There's this, something about that stuff as it flies at us, and all of a sudden it doesn't just land on our heart. It kind of gets filtered through and, right. and, and translated to us through Jesus on our heart, right, which right. is... Just 
so gracious of yeah. him, right? And so I think that's the important part of going, okay, is we get who Jesus is. We get how much he loved and how much he loved us. There's so much grace available to us in that and so much hope for what we get to become one day. Yeah. Well, that is all that I have. Did you have any other thoughts, anything that you wanted to, you know, go deeper in yourself or that we say was left on the cutting room floor? Anything that you wanted to add or say? No, I think, um, I, I do think it's important that you get back in here this weekend if you can. Or definitely tune in online, wherever that is, because I think it won't be a bow, but um, it will it will kind of help us shape um, where we're at as a church and yeah. what we're doing. You're going, okay, this is a weird season. I'm not sure where it all fits into COVID and you know, uh, the complications of our nation right now where it's not a bow, but it does give us kind of a, a picture of what it is we're trying to achieve. So this, these passages will give us a mission from the Holy Spirit that was given to Paul and others. And it actually gives us a strategy. Okay, how do we actually go about doing that? And so I would say really worth your time to dial in uh, this weekend, either in person or online. You'll get some good pictures of that. And we'll start sharing a little bit with you about upcoming plans there's some neat stuff coming up guys like really neat really excited about it can't uh, wait to share you share with you what's coming up and more than that i can't wait to tell you why it's coming up so this weekend you'll get some news some announcement and all of it will be based on where the scriptures and holy spirit has been leading us uh and our staff and our elders so really neat so please 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 dial in this weekend be worth your time yeah so we'd love to have you we are online at five o'clock on saturdays and then sunday we're online at nine and then at 10:45. also we are trying to work out the kinks of kind of getting our drive-in service online we're still maybe a week or two away from that where we thought we had it figured out this past week and it just didn't happen so join us online for now or come to the drive-in service at 10:30 here at the church parking lot as always if you have any questions please feel free to contact us you can email us at overtime at clcfamily.church any questions, whether it's related to the message or not, we'd love to be able to answer them and talk through them. Um, or if you just want to contact the church, you've got questions, prayer requests, anything, info at clcfamily.church. Or so, 610-869-2140. Yep. Just call us if you yep. don't have access to that. Just 610-869-2140. So Absolutely. Thanks for joining us. We hope you guys have a great week, and we will see you this weekend. We will. I'm going to go find a towel. Goodness. <laughs>